It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey folks, welcome to this week's edition of Dog Walk Talk. I'm your host, Jake Roos, as always. And with me from Dogs HQ, where my home is as well, the old man PT. How about it, Palmer Toms? Palmer, what's up, brother? How are you doing, Jake? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well over here in Athens, just ready for another week of Georgia football. The dogs looked really impressive on Saturday. I, I thought, you know, I came away very impressed, uh, you know, thinking that, that this team has, has a lot of potential. They showed a lot of signs of growth on Saturday. And, uh, you know, excited to break it down with you tonight. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I think Georgia really came through with a performance that, uh, you know, a few people could argue with to open up that SEC schedule. Um, look, I did see some I did see some detractors. I'm not going to argue that. I mean, there were people who said, you know, like, what's going on? These things are not hitting. I didn't feel that way at all about George's performance on Saturday. I thought that that was everything you could have expected and hoped for out of opening the SEC schedule. I mean, a dominant win, you win by, what, uh, three scores? I mean, it, it, what more could you want, right? That's my opinion. Um, you know, it, it felt like they dominated from the opening of the game as well. You know, watching it and just having that sense of, you know, seeing what they were doing, how it was progressing. Maybe it was a little bit different in Sanford Stadium. I don't know. Uh, Palmer, you were in the press box. Did you ever get the sense that Georgia was not in control of this game or that this was somehow uh, a letdown in any way? No, not at all. I mean, I, I think getting JT Daniels back to start the game uh, was, was certainly big for momentum purposes. You, you could feel the energy that was there when his name came across the, the the video board as the starter, you know, there was a certain excitement that you could hear from that crowd. And, and it was a big crowd. I will say, uh, you know, for a game that ended up being a blowout, uh, you know, a seven o'clock kickoff in Athens certainly always draws, draws a good number of people out. Um, and, and, and so, you know, to start the game with him and uh, you know, they, they go down the march down the field, six plays, uh, 75 yards, touchdown on his first drive. Next time they get the ball, six plays, 75 yards, touchdown. It was it was about as good of a start as you could ask for. I think, you know, maybe defensively, I think you probably would have wanted a little bit better of, of an effort. Um, you know, they, they did a good job of keeping South Carolina out of the end zone for the most part. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that there was – uh, there were some concerns there, especially in the secondary with, with some big plays that they gave up. Uh, and thinking back to that first drive for the Gamecocks, they converted on a, on a third and long with a long pass play down the sideline. Uh, you know, South Carolina ends up going to Luke Doty at quarterback, and he made a big impact. Uh, but overall, I, I'm with you. I think there's, there's not much that you can uh, come away disappointed about from that, that kind of performance. Yeah, and, you know, I, who knows? Is, is it a different game with Zeb Nolan in? I don't know. I doubt it. 
uh, personally. Um, you know, uh, he was off to a decent start. Uh, obviously, an early entry for him kind of sidelines him. I kind of felt for the kid. He was playing in front of his home crowd. His dad was there, you know, uh, dapped up in the, uh, the, the Gamecocks gear. So, you know, it, but at the same time, look, Georgia's offense was able to do what it did. And that couldn't be really reeled in by the, the Gamecocks defense. I think that that's really the point that everybody has to take away from this is Georgia's defense doesn't miss a beat. I wrote that in my three keys. Once again, they come in three straight games. This defense looking like the number one defense in, in the nation playing like that. Um, you know, I guess being there and being amongst it and seeing it live, you know, did you feel like there was ever a point where the South Carolina offense was able to, I don't know, get anything going, get any momentum or, or, uh, you know, really just shift this game because it, it watching it on TV, it did not feel like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think th- there was never really a time where South Carolina moved the ball on Georgia. It was, it was more the hit on a big play here or there to, to, you know, flip field position to, to move the chains, but it wasn't like an extended drive. I, I'm looking at the stat sheet here. Um, their, their longest drive was the final drive of the game, which was against Georgia's, uh, you know, some of, some of Georgia's young guys, 12 plays, 78 yards, but, but how does it end up? Turnover on downs in, in fourth and goal. Georgia's defense held strong there outside of that. You know, going against the ones, it was, it was seven plays, 56 yards, seven plays, 29 yards. Um you know, a couple of six plays, six play drives, but but only one of them ended up in a touchdown, and, and that was late in the game. With Georgia's ones were still in there, so so you can't say, well, the, the first team defense hasn't given up a score yet. They 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 gave up one, and 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 you know, Amir Speed got beat deep. Uh, you know, I, I think we noted both of us noted this. Uh, if there's one concern for Georgia coming out of this game, it is it's the play of those cornerbacks against a talented wide receiver and Josh Van. Uh, you, you want to see them play a little bit better, especially knowing the kind of challenges that they, that they have ahead. Uh, Wandale Robinson, Josh Ali, uh, Cam Johnson next week for Vanderbilt. Uh, Arkansas has got some guys. It, 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 it's, a t- it's a tough challenge. And, and Kirby Smart said so after the game. He said, you know, hey, jo- Josh Van played really well, but we're going to have to play better because we're going to play guys just as good, if not better than him, the rest of the season. And so I, I didn't get the sense that Georgia's defense was, uh, was you know, given up. I, I, I didn't get the sense that Georgia's defense was getting beat as much as they were, uh, you know, given up a couple of big plays. Sure. And that's going to happen. I think against SEC opponents, you're going to have to, it's a pick and choose. I said that going into this game for South Carolina, figure out what you want to defend. Is it the run or the pass? Right. And so you're going to have to determine, is that the direction you're going to go? Yes. They got beat on that long play. Josh Van, an excellent receiver. Going to give some love to myself. I loved him out of high school. He's a, he's got solid hands right there. That kid can play. Um, and, and showed that the other night. Um, but, you know, I, I, you and I talked before we got on the podcast about this. A lot of people were saying the concern about Georgia is the offensive line and the ability to get push and the ability to get the running game going. 
I'm not as concerned about that as I was going into this game because I felt like they, they made another incremental step ahead. Um, Was it ideal? No. Was it where Kirby smart wants it to be? No, absolutely not. But the fact that they've taken a small step forward in that each week, I think bodes well. Any concerns when you're looking at this offensive line and this rushing game moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it off air a little bit and and just said it's weird to watch Georgia football. I mean, both of us have watched for a little bit of of, a good bit of time. You've watched for a little bit longer than I have, but it's weird to see Georgia football being carried by its passing game. I mean, Georgia is a program that that has been known for their running backs. But isn't isn't that what folks wanted? I mean, I it, like that. that seems like that's what, what fans have called for is this idea of coming into the 21st century with these offenses that are able to score from wherever and be led by the wide receivers. I think that you have that somewhat in place, but at the same time. Everybody wants to call back to that old Georgia style and that Kirby Smart uh, initial style upon his hiring of being able to enforce your will through the running game. I think that what you saw last night uh, had to be encouraging. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, like I said, it's it's weird, but it is what Georgia fans have have been asking for for a long time. It's that jump that you saw from you know LSU of old to LSU of of 2019 same thing with Alabama of old and and Alabama that we're we've seen for several years now um you know they bring in an offensive mind and, and they make a big jump well Georgia did that last season bringing in Todd Munkin they didn't have the quarterback they do have him now uh and and, and when they put JT Daniels in last year this is what we saw this is what we saw and and you know I I wrote up in my story last night he's had three games of over 300 yards plus a 299-yard game, three games with three touchdowns. Last night he hit on both marks. I, I think you're right. I think that this is is exactly what Georgia fans want to see. I think you want to see a little bit more from the run game. You probably want to see more from Zamir White. You probably want to see more from James Cook. Uh, you know, re- really the entire group. I, I think, you know, in, in our conversation earlier, it's it's the, the one thing that's a little bit frustrating if you're a Georgia fan watching this run game is, is that – the the distribution of carries is you know you're you're seeing eight carries to Zamir White, ten carries to Kendall Milton. You want to get those guys carries. You've you've got a a ton of talent in that room. You want to get them all carries, but at the same time, you want to let some guys, you know, one guy, two guys, get in a groove and and really get a feel for it. It's it's really hard to feed four mouths. Yeah. Well, look. I think uh, I think Georgia fans lived that out in the quarterback room uh, uh, against South Carolina when Estes and Bennett steps in. And by the way, we got a film study coming on Dogs HQ where uh, I won't give the name away just yet, but uh, we got an expert coming in to break the film down. And he says, listen, where he went with that ball was the right read. However, it was just an overthrow. I mean, then that's going to happen in some cases. Unfortunate play for Stetson Bennett. You know, it, it puts it all back in JT Daniels' hands. He's able to shut it out. I mean, by the half, this thing is done. And, and you're not playing your best game. And this was the thing. I, I threw this out to Georgia fans on Twitter and said, how are you feeling about this team? Probably the most prescient point, I thought, was you're not playing your best game right now. You're not playing with all your weapons. However, you're still winning 
SEC games by three scores against what are decent teams. I mean, uh, you know, UAB, by all accounts, one of the best non-Power 5 teams. You've got uh, South Carolina, which say what you want about their talent level and who they are. They're an SEC team. And then Clemson, you're able to pull one out uh, against one of the top 10 teams in America at this point. So a lot of, I don't know, I'm not going to say there are concerns, but I think a little, a lot of it should be eased by where you are in the season and what you've been able to do to this point. Yeah. I I think that you're left wanting to see a little bit more. I mean, speaking with Kirby after the game, it felt like he, he wanted to see them finish the game a little bit better. Um, You know, with, with the exception, you know, if you look at Georgia's last touchdown, which came, you know, midway through the third quarter after that, they go interception, fumble, punt, and, and, you know, taking a knee to end the game. So you would have liked to see them finish the game a little bit better defensively, you know, to, to set up those final two touchdowns, the, the two scores in the second half, they, they picked a pass off. They forced a fumble. Well, what did they do after that? They forced a punt, punt, gave up a touchdown, their first of the season. And, and then ultimately, you know, with, with the backups in, forced a turnover on downs. I felt like the defense finished out a little bit stronger than the offense. But like you said, I, I feel like that there's just – you want to see a little bit more, but you, you also have to feel encouraged knowing that there is more coming in, in terms of, you know, guys that are going to be making their way back, guys that are going to be – you know, getting back to full strength. You saw Kyrus Jackson back on the field last night and, and he made some plays. I think that's encouraging to see him, you know, back out there. He will continue to get in a better, you know, in, in better shape, in a better, you know, chemistry with JT Daniels. You know, hopefully for Georgia's sake, they'll see Darnell Washington back here before too long. Uh, you know, that, that, that injury, he, he's out on the field ahead of games with no boot on. I, I would expect to see him, you know, pr- probably not this week against Vanderbilt, but I would expect to see him, you know, before Florida, before maybe, maybe Auburn, it would be the, you know, Arkansas or Auburn. Once you make that turn into October, uh, you know, defensively, you've got Tyke Smith that's going to be making his way back. George Pickens p- potentially. I mean, he's out there on the sidelines as well. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of guys that are that are getting healthy. There's help coming for Georgia, and 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 it's not like they've needed it so far. They've they've fared pretty pretty darn well without that help. Listen to Palmer Tom's over here giving some folks some hope about George Pickens here soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I I can't say I disagree with you. Uh, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. When you get Darnell Washington in, and you've got Brock Bowers, three games in three times the leading receiver. Uh, what what more could you ask of a freshman tight end in the SEC? That's unheard of. Everybody needs to be given, uh, you know, uh, Todd Monk and his flowers right now, because if you wanted the tight end used, listen, three through three games, you got it. It, it. This kid is taking the lead. He's that safety blanket that they've asked for. And I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, yeah. You know, listen, there's, there's really not a lot of ways to spin this. Georgia stomped a mud hole into South Carolina. It's what people expected. It's what happened. Georgia delivering, again, on the expectations surrounding them. And I think that that's important. But looking back on this game, you know, who were the guys who really stood out to you, Palmer, and kind of, you know, maybe earned some uh, Player of the Week uh, uh, honors in your mind? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you mentioned Brock Bowers there. I'm going to go with a different true freshman pass catcher, and that's that's Ad Mitchell. I I felt like this was I, I felt like this was coming. This was coming for yeah. You know, I, I predicted it against UAB. It, d- it didn't quite happen there. He had a better game against UAB than he did Clemson, but he's continued to progress. You know, each and every week. I, I think if you look at his week one performance versus his week three performance, it, it's it's you know. He's making, you know, leaps and bounds of, of improvement and, you know, four catches, 77 yards, uh, a 38 yard touchdown, uh, his first of his career. He was excited. He was excited to have that happen. I I think, you know, the fans were excited to see that happen. Um, You know, I I mentioned it when, when I was talking about, when I was talking about Mitchell and his potential breakout game against UAB. I, I looked at George Pickens against, you know, his, his freshman season and, you know, looking you know, again, I'll, I'll make that comparison because I think that they're, they're similar players where they're, they're making an impact as a true freshman and, and, and they're, you know, more jump ball, 50, 50 downfield threats than, than say a Dominic Blaylock was in, in the slot. Uh, you know, Pickens had a great second, third game. He, he continued to make improvements. And so I, I think this is what you're going to continue to see from A.D. Mitchell. Uh, he, I'll, I'll give him my, my game ball player of the week for the, for the South Carolina game. All right. Palmer Tom's out here, everybody. Given saying that uh, A.D. Mitchell, the next George Pickens, we have that on record. <laughs> a lot of Pickens talk tonight. A lot of Pickens talk tonight. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. I mean, that's that's as great of a comparison, I think, as you can give anybody. Obviously, for me, I'm going to lean defense, Nolan Smith. And and really what that speaks to to me is not necessarily Nolan Smith. Yes, this was a huge breakout game, and it was a great time for it to happen, to open the SEC schedule. But simultaneously, it's about this Georgia defense as a whole, where you've had guys step up each week. Um, that first week, it was probably N'Kobe Dean, right, against uh, uh, Clemson, two sacks on the week. Then you get Channing Tindall last week leading the, the team in tackles. And then Nolan Smith comes through with an in- incredible performance against South Carolina to open the SEC schedule. It really speaks to Georgia's depth. I think that that's the big takeaway we've got here. I mentioned it in three keys after the game. Georgia's defense has not missed a beat to this point. And you're waiting for that, I think, as a Georgia fan. When will this? When will the break come? But I don't know that it will. And and Shane Beamer pointed after the game. Somebody said, you know, what is it that they do so well? He said, oh, they got 155 stars over there. They're they're fast. They're physical. They're big. I mean, these guys are playing at a level that you would expect out of what Kirby Smart and company have recruited to this point. And they've really been able to deliver on that. I I think that the fact that you've had different guys sort of taking the lead each week, a huge sign uh, to the the success moving forward. Now, Palmer, I'm going to throw it to you to to let you kind of take over these hosting capabilities. Uh, Georgia, though, 
on the week picks up a commitment uh, right before that game happens. Uh, what was it? Thursday, I think, is when it broke. Um, Georgia picks up Carlton Madden, C.J. Madden, out of Cedar Grove High School. Uh, one of the top pass rushers in this class. A guy maybe a little bit underrated, but um, you know, a, a guy who's still very talented. Uh, Palmer, your thoughts first, and then I'll let you throw it back to me since that's my specialty. Yeah, I, I had a couple conversations with Carlton this summer, and, and it was an interesting recruitment. I, I spoke with him early in the summer when, when he was previously committed to Colorado, was still committed there at that time, and, and was kind of coming onto the scene. He uh, you know, made several trips to Athens throughout the summer. And, uh, you know, it, it felt like there, that there was some smoke there, that, that there was potential that Georgia could, uh, could make a move. He ends up decommitting soon after that conversation. And I, I'll be honest, I, I left my conversation with him feeling like there was a chance that that decommitment was coming pretty soon. He, he, he kind of left the door open. Uh, and, and so, you know, ultimately a couple months later, he, he's committed to the Bulldogs. I know that this is something that he's, uh, you know, if you look at his social media, this is something that he's, he's dreamed about for a while. Uh, he put out a post where I think it was his JV football profile or something um, where, where he said his, his dream college would, would be Georgia. And so, you know, Jake, from the conversations you've had with him, uh, you know, you, you've been, you've seen him for a little while uh, being an in-state guy, you know, what, what kind of comparisons would you give to him? And, and I guess what's, what's his best skill set? All right. So, you know, when I'm looking at a player like this, it's, he's, he's almost on that. He's a slash player to me. And, uh, you know, it's, he's one of those guys who, is he big enough to play that outside linebacker role? Or is he a guy you want to pack some pounds on to maybe put a hand in the ground and, and let him pass rush? I, I think that he's probably that Jack guy for you. And the best comparison I have is somewhere in between maybe Robert Beal and, and Nolan Smith in terms of physical build. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he's there uh, or that fully fleshed out of a prospect yet, but I think he's a guy who can surprise some people. The star watchers are not impressed with this one. I, I get that. You know, this is a three-star guy. This is a guy who I, I think some people felt like they took a flyer on it, it to offset maybe some guys that had come before him. Uh, you know, your Eni White, Shamar Stewart, et cetera. Uh, you know, those five-star, those four and five-star guys who you want kind of crushing in on that end, Adam Anderson types, right? I think that this is a developmental prospect, but I do think that this is a kid who is hungry and he's got the size. And those are two things that you can't really replicate. Those are two things you can't really um, you know, put into somebody. He's not the biggest kid I've ever seen. There's no question about that. I mean, he's six, two and a half, six, three. Uh, and that's where I kind of come from with the Beal comparison. Uh, and Nolan Smith's not about that same size. I mean, Nolan's playing about six, two. He's probably at this point in his high school career, uh, two thirty five. So he's not going to be one of those six, six, you know, uh, 230 guys like maybe in the same class with him, Dearest Smith out of Appling County, who, you know, sky's the limit for that kid. I think this guy is the limit for Carlton Madden, though, because he's a hard worker. He's a kid who's going to produce. I think he's a kid who's going to come in and work in hard. And he wants the opportunity. And also, Cedar Grove has been a really fertile recruiting ground for Georgia. 
Um, you've been able to pull Justin Schaefer, who's been around the program for what feels like 10 to 15 years at this point. Uh, you know, Not- Notori Johnson was out of there. You've got some young guys uh, in Kay and Lee who are down there. Kristen Miller in the 2022 class, along with this guy, um, is a guy that they want to reel in. And how impactful could that be? You know, he's a top priority on the defensive line. Carlton Madden, to me, uh, a guy who is, like I said, a developmental prospect. He's not a ready-made guy to throw out there. And I'm not saying that he can't make an impact as a freshman. I'd never say that about anyone. But he doesn't have those measurables and that speed that you might attribute to a guy who would uh, come in and make that kind of impact. So I think that he's a kid who can come into the system and can be a role player. Uh, do I know what the final you know read on this kid is? No, I, I, I don't. I don't think anyone does. But he wanted to be a bulldog. He's got the measurables and he's got enough speed, I think, to bend that edge. And I think that at worst case in this situation, you've got an incredible special teams player on your hands. If he turns into a world-class pass rusher who's get, who's able to affect SEC defense or uh, offenses, all the better. No question about it. So I like the pickup for Georgia. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are questioning it. Um, I don't question it. And I look at the success also, and I, cur- I encourage people to do as well, Look at what Georgia's done with these three-star prospects. Latavius Brenny's out on that field. Um, you know, uh, Tay Crowder was a two-star guy who was a previous running back. Monty Rice, a three-star guy as well. I mean, they've been able to Eric take- Stokes, a first-round draft pick. Eric Stokes, no question about Yeah, they're able to take these guys to a higher level than, than many people would have ever projected they, they could be. I think maybe if you're talking about a knock on them, have they been able to develop the five stars in the same way? I don't know about that. You know, that's another that's another question for another day, and we'll get there in dog walk talk, I promise. But they have been able to take these guys who were not the most highly sought after or mo- the most highly thought of recruits and turn them into integral parts of their defense. I think C.J. Madden can do that for them as well. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely spot on there. That If there's one thing that Kirby Smart and his staff does really well, it's it's identify some of those those lesser-known guys, some of those you know under-the-radar guys, especially in-state. Uh, they've done a really good job of that in the state of Georgia. Several of those guys we mentioned there are, are from the state of Georgia, and, and so you know, good chance that Carlton Madden could be another one of those guys. Another thing that I do think is that, that you, if, if you're just a star watcher and, and you're looking at, hey, he's a three-star, is he really worth it? You got to remember this kid didn't get to play his junior season of high school football. And, yep. and there's a lot of development that happens during that season. When you, Once you become an upperclassman, not only are you taking on leadership roles, but you're taking on, on a big, filling bigger shoes on the field. And, and so he didn't have that opportunity making a transfer uh, over to Cedar Grove. So this is really his first year, you know, first opportunity to to get his feet wet at, at Cedar Grove. Yeah, and um, and you know, from from what I've seen so far, he's he's doing pretty well uh, in, in that role, taking on big shoes, and you know, there, there's been a significant increase in in his capabilities from sophomore year to senior year, and that's exactly what you want to see, especially you know, with a guy that's that's not high 
highly rated, but uh, the, the Georgia might be taking a little bit of a chance on and, and feels pretty good about. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no downside to this take, in my opinion. I mean, the the, the position is is at such a premium. The outside linebacker room is so important in this era of the game. Stack as many guys as you can in there. Is this kid the ready-made prospect that Adam Anderson was? No. However, he's got a lot of intangibles that don't come with a lot of those guys. Like you said, he came into his junior varsity season writing like, I want to be a Georgia Bulldog. He's grown into his body. He's, a, you know, like I said, almost six foot three, probably. Uh, he's a guy with speed. He, he's a guy who can crash that edge. And he's got great connections, and he's getting great coaching at Cedar Grove. So I, I think all of those uh, factors work in his favor and um, make him a, a completely worthwhile take. I, I'm not going to knock Georgia for this one at all. Uh, this is a kid that makes all the sense in the world for me uh, when it comes to the 2022 class. Now, Jake, you gave me those hosting roles, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to give it back here. I, I'm going to ask you a quick question. A lot of big-name recruits that were in Athens this past weekend to take in that atmosphere. Who do you think could be the next, the next commit for, for Georgia? I know that there's a lot of, and a lot of names to watch, uh, you know, several big names that were there for the Bulldogs. You know, who, who are a couple of guys that you've got your eyes on uh, that, that you would be you know, paying attention to here as, as we roll into September and October? All right. Well, uh, I'm never giving you hosting duties again is what this tells me first off uh, to throw it back to me like that and put the onus on me. Um, you know, I, I think that probably they're due up uh, here soon for some news from some guys. You know, the guy I'm looking at probably most heavily over the course of the next couple of weeks is Oscar Delp. I, I, this is the window that he's kind of had projected for himself and it wants to kind of go ahead and get his commitment out of the way. I think that Georgia is and has been the team to beat. I think that that holds true. He's been to a couple games this year. He's seen what Georgia's doing. He's looking at Brock Bowers and saying, oh, my God, I could be the next one of these guys. Are you serious? You know, I think if that had not been the case, now maybe he's looking at other places. I think that he's probably, um, you know, uh, considering some other options. But – I do think that uh, Oscar Delp, the guy to keep your eyes on uh, in these coming weeks, hasn't nailed down the date just yet, but I do think it's coming soon. He was in Athens this weekend, was in our Recruits React uh, piece over at Dogs HQ. I encourage people to go read that, see what he had to say, and um, feel good about that. Thanks a lot, though, Palmer. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Vanderbilt on tap this week. What are you looking for out of Kirby Smart? Um, obviously, I'm sure he's going to come in and say he's got a lot of respect for these guys. Uh, as usual, feels good about them. You know, tough team, well coached, etc. Um, you know, where do you look for him to kind of put the focus on in practice this week? Yeah, second straight first year SEC head coach that they're going to be playing. Clark Lee leading that program at Vanderbilt. You know, I, I think with Lee's background, you, you, you've got to look at the defense uh, of the Commodores. And, and, and I don't know, uh, you know, I haven't gotten to see a ton of their games. I, I know that they dropped the, uh, the week one game against East Tennessee, but they, they bounced back with a, with a nice win on the road over Colorado State. Um, they, they played Stanford this past weekend. I, I actually have not seen a score from that one. Um, uh, they got rolled. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of <laughs> thought that that was going to be the case. Uh, so they, they weren't know, they weren't they weren't an, unable to produce. I'll say that uh, they did score points, but uh, you know they, the defense gave up a lot of points also to Stanford. So uh, you know Stanford uh, by three scores in that game. So yeah, it and, doesn't and, look and great. Look, and look, it's you know it's Vanderbilt week and and I don't think that they're going to be overlooking Vanderbilt, but I think a a lot of what you're doing this week is, is in preparation for, I've said it before, you know, I've said it before on this podcast and I'll say it again, that October slate is looking really tough, especially, you know, with, with what Arkansas has done, uh, you know, leading up to this game coming in three and O so far, they've got Texas A&M this week. That's a big one. You knock off the Aggies in, in Jerry world. You could be looking at a potentially a top 10 matchup, uh, you know, maybe t- definitely top 15. Uh, you know, Auburn, they put up a good fight at, at Penn State on the road in that whiteout atmosphere. Uh, you know, you've got Kentucky, who, who did not look great on Saturday. Palmer, but- Palmer, Palmer. Let me let me reel you in here. I'm going to play the Kirby smart. We're focused on one week at a time. This is a good <laughs> Vanderbilt team we have to play, and we have a lot of respect for them. All right. So. How do you feel that the message is for Kirby Smart this week? <laughs> hey, you, you nailed the you nailed the impersonation there. So I, you know, I think that, like you said, the focus is on Vanderbilt, uh, and, and you want to use this game. First time that Georgia's going to go into a road atmosphere on on the road. Obviously, they they traveled to Charlotte for that neutral site matchup with Clemson, but I, but I think that uh, you know, and, and I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be a too intimidating of a road atmosphere. Uh, I know of a lot of dogs that are headed up there this weekend to take in, partake in the festivities in Nashville. Uh, I will be up there, excited to be up there. You know, I'm originally from there, so excited to uh, to make the trip back home, see some family, see some friends, and and ultimately watch some football on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I think the same thing. Look, it, it's another opportunity for Georgia to get some kinks worked out. I think that you ultimately would like to probably get Jack Podlesny maybe a couple of opportunities in this game. He was able to deliver against South Carolina when you needed him, but get that kicking game right. Punting games where it needs to be defense is where it needs to be. Offense feels sound enough, uh, you know, take another step forward in whatever regard you feel that is moving into this game and then moving into Arkansas, which is going to be a big game, but, we're not talking about that yet. We're, we're just chopping wood and we're focusing on who's ahead. And uh, we got a lot of respect for the opponent. So uh, <laughs> I think that it should be an interesting week of preparation for Georgia Bulldogs uh, and Kirby Smart. Uh, I promise you, he won't be talking about anything other than Vanderbilt this week in the Commodores. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up here. Any last thoughts for you tonight, PT? Yeah, no, I, I think going back to what we said about the South Carolina game, a lot of growth that this team has shown over the course of the season so far. Uh, you know, if you look around this college football world, that there's a lot of teams that haven't shown that growth, that, that have, you know, that haven't shown up each and every week. And, and, and Georgia hasn't been tested by the, the toughest schedule so far, uh, especially, you know, post-Clemson taking on a, a non-Power 5 team and, and then, you know, one of the lower tier teams in the SEC. Uh, but, you know, they've ha- taken care of business. They're getting healthy. They're, they're showing signs of improvement. And, and there's some young guys that are really showing signs of improvement. Um, you know, so looking forward to seeing what some of those young guys can do. And, hey, one, one thing I'm really excited about seeing this week uh, with Vanderbilt 
70-man travel roster. I think there's a lot that you can learn about a team and, and what these coaches really think about these guys based on are you making the trip or are you staying home in Athens? Ooh, look at this, man. That's a, that's, that's a deep cut, but I appreciate that. I think that you're right. It's a really good indicator of how they feel about this team, the depth on this team, the guys that they feel create that depth. 70-man travel roster, very impactful. We'll be looking at that the rest of this week. No question about it. And you can bet it's going to be a big part of practice this week, which apparently we get to view. So we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. So for myself and Palmer Toms over at Dogs HQ, this has been Dog Walk Talk. We'll see you guys later this week to preview Vanderbilt. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.